Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day with me, TYT contributor and former Ohio State Senator Nina Turner in the building, virtual so to speak. And my debate segment, the bullpen, he's back. David Grasso, host of Follow the Prophet with David Grasso. We're gonna talk about the SCOTUS decision about vaccine protocols in the United States of America. Top story of the day, this is an update. We covered this initially when it actually broke. That judge that you see illegally incarcerated children, juvenile court judge. Let's put up her full picture because now this judge is going to retire. She should be going to jail. Tennessee judge who illegally jailed children is able to now retire and said she will not seek reelection. Let me give you some background to this judge who did this extreme deed. Since 2000, this judge, Donna Scott Davenport, has overseen the juvenile justice system in Rutherford County. That's Tennessee, but the county jail, get this, 48% of the cases referred to juvenile court. Compared with the statewide average of only 5%, State Senator Heidi Campbell and State Representative Gloria Johnson said they would propose legislation that could result in the removal of Davenport. They started that process, all right? Now, let's fast forward. Once again, this was under federal review. A federal judge had to intervene. The practice was illegal. It did not fit the guideline of the state. However, she was still able to serve and now she is able to retire. In Tennessee, state lawmakers, they actually did what they said they would do. The lawmakers have placed narrow limits on when Children can be locked up prior to a delinquency hearing. But from 2018 to 2017, Rutherford County's juvenile jail instituted its own system. That's a different way of saying their own law, called a filter system, under which any child deemed a true threat could be detained. No criminal statute, no criminal issue, just if they are deemed a true threat, okay? Judge Davenport appointed the jail's director who also reports to her. In 2017, a federal judge ordered the county to put a stop to this illegal filter system. The judge, Donna Scott Davenport, was at the center of the controversy over the arrest and detention of children in the county. That judge has announced she will step down this year rather than run for reelection. Earlier on Tuesday, ProPublica and Nashville Public Radio published a story about a move by some Tennessee lawmakers to remove Judge Davenport from her post. Well, they said they were going to do it if she did not resign. About an hour after the story published, Davenport in an email sent by the county spokesperson announced that she will not be running for reelection this year. 
Instead, she plans to retire when her current eight year term expires this summer. She's still going to remain a judge until her term expires. Judge Davenport in her retirement announcement said, and I quote, after prayerful thought and talking with my family, I have decided not to run for reelection after serving more than 22 years on the bench. I will always look back at my time as judge as one of the greatest honors of my life. And I am so proud of what this court has accomplished in the last two decades and how it has positively affected the lives of young people and families in Rutherford County. Now remember, what is her legacy? Her legacy is violating the law. Her legacy is incarcerating children who did not deserve incarceration whatsoever. They deserved rehabilitation, wraparound services, guidance, mentorship, mentorship, but not incarceration. She did this, she was in violation of law. She is not being arrested. They're not going to take her to jail. She will be allowed to retire and still receive a paycheck after doing this. And then she has the audacity to tell everyone that she's proud of her service. Not apologizing, not stepping down in shame as she should, but she's proud of locking up damn near 50% of every child that went in front of her. That's insane. There's no jurisdiction in the United States of America that has that level of incarceration for juveniles. None, I checked, not one. And that state is only 5%. A bill was introduced in the Tennessee legislature, brought to, um, sought to remove Davenport following reporting and big ups to the reporting. Reporting from Nashville Public Radio and ProPublica detailing how the county's justice system was illegally arresting and jailing children. Now I want to remind everyone, the justice system did not catch this. They knew about it, but they didn't catch it. They could have, they chose not to. This is not one of those automatic corrections in the justice system because their checks and balances were so strong. This is one of those media checks. When the media got involved, the wheels of right started moving in the right direction. That's why it's important to not have media that's bought out, paid by local or national corporations. The interest has to remain pure. Senator, what are your thoughts on this? Amen to everything that you just said, Doc, on that. Three things, number one, appalling. This yeah. judge, Donna Scott Davenport, appalling. Number two, where was the filter system for her? There was a failure, should have had a filter system for her. And I'm really glad that the press, ProPublica and others put the pressure on and that they did have some elected members of the Tennessee legislature that acted because this could have continued to fall on, on, on people who were not gonna do anything. So I, I wanna shout them out for getting into action. And lastly, she, well, two other points, different rules for different folks. Cause I agree with you, doc, she should not be allowed to retire right. gracefully. And then that statement just shows that she has a callous indifference to what the hell she did, the hubris, all of that. But that 
also ProPublica did a, there's new documents that prove that Tennessee County disproportionately jails black children. That's right. So all of this that we're talking about right now for our sisters and brothers and family and friends who always say, what racism, what systemic racism? Baby, this is an example of systemic racism. There it is. Let me show you another example of systemic racism. Mitch McConnell, he doesn't believe black people are Americans. Here's what he said. Yes. What's your message for voters of color who are concerned that without the John L. Lewis Voting Rights Act, they're not gonna be able to vote in the midterm? Well, the concern is misplaced because if you look at the statistics, African American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. You heard it, right? African Americans are voting just as at high percentage as Americans, because in his mind, black folk are not Americans. That's called a Freudian slip. He was thinking it, and I be damned. He'd have messed around and said it out loud. That's what went down. That's what you saw. Okay? So let's start from that premise. He's factually inaccurate as it relates to voting. There are pockets that increase, pockets that decrease based on the legislation presented. The issue with voting in America cannot always be the narrative that somehow, well, you know, it's better than the 60s. That's like saying, well, if only five people get lynched this year, it's better than what happened in 1965. You shouldn't be okay with it, is my point. Under no circumstance should be should you be okay with restrictions to the ballot. His surrogate had this to say. As I listened to the president talk about the importance of stopping what he characterized as Jim Crow 2.0, I felt frustration and irritation rising in my souls. As I keep hearing the references to Jim Crow, I asked myself how many Americans understand what Jim Crow was. I am so thankful, thankful that we are not living in those days. But just for those who don't appreciate the Jim Crow that was, it was a time when my grandfather born in 1921 would have experienced that if he was still alive, he could tell the stories of the Jim Crow South and the Jim Crow era. Tim Scott is such a disappointment. Now, he's a surrogate for some BS. And I'm sure on some level he realizes this. But let's be very clear about Jim Crowism in the United States of America. Jim Crow did not always have a racial element connected to the statute. You know, when Jim Crowism said black folks need to count jelly beans in a jelly bean jar, or do a math equation, or read a paragraph, that did not say only for black folk in the statute. That was simply utilized in order to dissuade black voters. When they tell you, you cannot hand water or refreshments to someone standing in a long line, they make that illegal. And then 98% of the precincts that have long lines historically are in black communities. They want to make it uncomfortable for black folk to participate. They do not want to make it convenient for black folk, brown folk, and historically marginalized groups 
to participate. You know why? Because they don't have solutions for those groups. If they had solutions and remedies for those demographics, they would want those demographics to participate in high numbers, but they don't. Here's what Senator Booker said. Don't lecture me about Jim Crow. I know this is not 1965. That's what makes me so outraged. It's 2022. And they're blatantly removing more polling places from the counties where black and Latinos are overrepresented. I'm not making that up. That is a fact. I'm not going to stop because I'm tired of hearing that this does not have to do about singling out certain populations in our country, students, Native Americans, and, and not others. I'm not accusing anybody. Please, let's not throw around the defense where we crouse into defensive postures. I'm not accusing anybody of being racist. I'm just speaking to the facts in our country that I know motivate everybody here. I love my dear brother enough to tell him the truth. I've had him on my radio show. He's actually co-hosted on my radio program. So I know Senator Booker, but here are the mistakes you're making, Senator. One, you know good and damn well it's racist. Call it out, stop being afraid of it, all right? Number two, don't be afraid to say black. I get it, other groups are included in that, but don't be afraid to say black, brother. Don't be afraid of that. Because if you start talking like that, you have allowed them to win the messaging arena. You know how many people are now afraid to say woke and they are woke? No, that's not a bad term. I'm proud to be woke. I'm happy to be woke. Don't let them hijack the message away from you because you would then internalize your own expression and not be as powerful as you could be. Now, truth don't matter who tell it, okay? And that goes across the board for everybody. We all know this is rooted in racism. We know the bigotry of racism, sexism is in application here. And if we continue to act as if it is something other than that, we have allowed them to win at least one part of the messaging war to properly identify what they're doing. Senator Thoughts. I mean, the points that Senator Booker did make, which is, Pretty much, how dare you? This is the 21st century. You guys still talking about the 20th century and the 19th century. We yeah. should want to and ought to be better in the 21st century than we were in the 20th century, the 19th century, and so on and so forth. So I, I love that part. I love the little fire. Yeah. And add that to what you just said, Doc, was a beautiful thing. These folks know exactly what they're doing in state houses all across the country. Republican legislators are introducing pieces of legislation that do not expand and protect access to the ballot box while keenly targeting those communities that have been disenfranchised historically. And that has been black folks, hello somebody. Yep. And then we put brown folks and students and people with other abilities, et cetera, et cetera. Working class people from across the spectrum, they are making it harder. Starting with what they've done since the inception of this country, which is black folks. So we need to be able to go ahead and say that doc and yep. let's deal with it. Let's That's deal right. with well it. Well said. Well said. Uh, there's a black young man, a high school basketball player, who was referred to as a gorilla 
and they made eight noises while he played. These are the conditions that this young man has to perform under. Here's the video. I have the background to this story. You know, we've reported on multiple stories right here on Indisputable about black children who killed themselves because of racism inside of their school system. We have other stories where attempted suicide was the result. We don't want to see that happen, but remember, this school itself has a duty to not tolerate this kind of behavior. The students from Capitol High School in Olympia reportedly filmed the video themselves and later they were bold enough to post it online. Even tagging the same player that you just saw. The black player's father Quay Steplight reposted the video on Facebook on Tuesday. Steplight's son Amari plays basketball for River Ridge High School in Lacey, Washington. This is what the father told news radio. There's this line drawn in the sand where it's like, as soon as you walk into the Olympia School District, specifically at these sporting events, they have these fans that they get very ugly with their words, very racially driven. Some of the friends who are my age, who went to that high school, a lot of them are saying, well, I left the high school because of this stuff. I didn't do sports because of this. So there's a long history. You know, we've said many times here, the issue is the culture of the institution, not what you've written down in policy. Culture, it's policy alive any day of the week. Uh, Cairo News Radio also reported that it had received a bunch of emails from parents about this same school. Parents of athletes of color reported similar incidents to last week's game with fans at Olympia School District. High schools regularly yelling racist insults to members of rival teams, the station reported. One mom said that when she tried to alert adults at the school during the game, she was brushed off. Others reported videos circulating with racist slurs. A student driving around with a Confederate flag hanging out of his car and even a situation where Capitol High School students chased down and ran a car of black students from another school off the road after the game. Now, I want to remind you of the video you just saw. That young man was simply playing basketball for a school that has a culture adversarial to his skin color, to his being, to his existence. He's inside of that culture every day. We wanna make sure he knows that he's supported here and beyond. There are many people that support that young man. He needs to feel that support. But here's something that you will miss if you don't look carefully. Did you see the referee eject the fan? Did you see the referee stop the game and say, hey, get the hell out of here? No, no, and according to parents, they never do. They could, but they don't. The Olympia School District issued a statement saying, and I quote, has no tolerance for racism. 
really. Adding that the school, uh, that the students involved in the video are being disciplined for privacy. The district did not disclose the students' identities, how many were involved, or what their punishment would be. The station reported. Let's put up a picture of the superintendent. That's the superintendent. He's the guy in charge. Buck stops with him. Patrick Murphy. All right, that's Mr. Patrick Murphy. Patrick Murphy, according to the parents, he's in charge of a racist ass school system. That's what the parents are saying. He should probably listen up. Senator, thoughts? Yeah, Doc, racist and anti black. Yeah. Okay, so we got to put this finer point on it. And, you know, if I were the superintendent, hands would roll, the principal, everybody, teachers, mandatory, because not only the referee, as you point out, but were there were there people who work for the school district in that gym that day? Mm-hmm. Because I would have went over there to them and they would have been injected, injected out of there. Again, this is another example, systemic racism. And also the point that one the most insidious virus we have yeah. is racism and anti-blackness. And that just because somebody is younger, born, you know, generation Z, generation X, whatever, is no guarantee that they won't pick up the traits of racism. So we're trying to combat racism and anti-blackness, we have to make sure that younger generations are not picking up these bad habits. It is obvious that they are. And Doc, I agree with you. We are on the side of that athlete, that young man, and also his parents and the community that is trying to fight against this. This absolutely, this is a case where a school district can't simply put out a statement, Doc. They got to show us, because telling in this case does not work. Yeah, they got to do some soul searching and implementation of a new strategy moving forward to root out that culture that exists. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free, back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. No, go ahead. Well, shut your Because you know what? You're dealing with a Canadian woman right now, and I will leave across the table and punch you right in your mouth. For what? You're the one who's Because you're ignorant. Is what you are. (laughs) Yeah, you're funny, eh? Oh, my God. Holy Well, that's your country. We don't, don't say like that. You know just what? Respect. Excuse me? Just respect. Don't say like that. Relax. Excuse me? Relax. Excuse me? I was born and raised here. I am Canadian. You relax. It doesn't matter. We're all Canadians. No, you're not Canadian. Yes, we're all the same. You're a human being. I'm a human being. You are not Canadian. special about you. No, you are not Canadian. It does not matter. That doesn't make me. You know what? I have a different opinion than you. I don't care. And I don't, I don't give a f- what you think. I don't care, care what How you say. That? I don't care what that? you say. Good for you. Well, good for you too. Do you pay taxes here, my well, friend? F- of course I pay taxes. Do you pay taxes? Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. Everybody pay taxes. Oh, everybody pays yes. taxes. Really? Yeah. You do. Of course I. You were born in Winter. I pay more taxes. Your friends pay taxes. Tell me. Excuse me. Excuse me. You know what? You're not dealing with one of your serious right now. You're dealing with a Canadian woman, 
and I'm not going to be talked down well, to by you. But you're the one who turned around and talking to I'm not going to be talked down to by you. <laughs> so you might, you laugh all you want. <laughs> You know what? That's a prime example of why we don't want you here. Okay, what else? Okay. Now, this is a throwback, Karen. This actually happened a few years ago, but I'm highlighting this for a particular reason. Number one, I want to give Canada, yep, the whole damn country. I want to give Canada an opportunity to redeem itself because this Karen set y'all back about 25 years. Okay? This Karen hit so many social bigoted dynamics. I'm doing this also because I truly would like someone who may know this particular Karen to give this Karen an opportunity to explain herself on this show. Yes, I am now opening up a segment for potential Karen redemption. Yeah. They gotta face me, all right? We got background to actually what happened during this particular saga. We do have the information of the Karen and we will reach out to see if she's willing to go through a redemptive process. And hey, you never know, maybe we can start, you know, like a Karen's anonymous or something, I don't know. All right, where they can support each other for a good reason, not a bad one. This was back in 2018, Monir, Armazai posted this on Facebook of him and his friends in an Alberta Denny's being racially abused by that particular Karen. Mr. Omazai had been out with three of his friends at the Denny's in Lethbridge, and all of them were speaking in their mother tongue of Dari when the woman began to look at them. Okay. We just said, is everything okay? Or is there any problem? From there, she started going off. We were laughing and talking in our own language, but obviously we were not saying anything about her. Posha, that's the Karen, said she was upset that the video had gone viral, describing herself as a hardworking mother of three. It is what it is. But I do apologize for what I said because a lot of it is not me. (laughs) A lot of it is not me. I don't normally say things like that, which means she at least occasionally does, okay? After the video emerged, there was a car dealership she worked for. They fired her. Uh, Noting in the statement that they were deeply concerned about the content of the video. Let's put up a picture of this Karen. All right, now my offer is a serious offer. All right, and my offer is this particular Karen. And really, um, we may start doing this on a semi-regular basis. Explain yourself, okay? Maybe you've been redeemed. Maybe you have learned the error of your ways. Maybe you are now, I don't know, volunteering for the United Way. I don't know. But I wanna check up on you. I wanna see if you learned your lesson. And are you willing to teach others the lesson that you've learned? Senator, am I off basis here? <laughs> like I'm trying to keep myself together. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Karen redemption yeah. plan. You it's know, a serious offer. Yeah, yeah. Sp- sp- uh, <laughs> hosted by, sponsored by 
that's the Richie. No, and then in, my, in our religion, you know, the, uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so, so. You're giving them a chance to say so. Now this is gonna be interesting. I hope some of them do actually take you up on the offer. Hopefully they have learned a lesson. Both of these things can be true that people can learn and hopefully overcome a bigotry. And if they're willing, it starts with confession first and apology and recognition and she apologizes. Let's give her a chance to redeem herself. So all the cares of the world, please join Dr. Richie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and if you come with the cat, listen, let me just say this up front. If you come with the carenicity here, things are going to be infinitely worse for your public persona. Not gonna right? go well. Yeah, it won't go well here, not in this, not in this form. Okay, um, you see, this is why people don't like the police. Police, they murder a child. Police, they go to jail for the murder. And the police, they go home after just a few months, okay? Remember the story of the white Chicago police officer who killed the black teenager Laquan McDonald. Remember that, okay? If you don't, here's the video. The video does not have any sound, but it is clear in the visual of what led up to it and what happened. Now I wanna remind everyone that initially the authorities in Chicago, including, that's so sad, including the mayor covered this up, okay? Covered it up. The police murdered a 17 year old child. The reason why this story struck me I remember when I first covered this story and I did some research on the young Laquan McDonald. What a lot of people did not know is that his family had already failed him. His family had already failed him, I'm gonna go deep and I may get criticized by some. His mother in particular, but his family at large failed him. He was a ward of the state, he was a foster kid like myself. But when he was murdered, Rahm Emanuel and his cronies crafted a secret deal to pay off the mother who already failed him. To pay off the mother to say nothing about the murder of her 17 year old child because she didn't give a damn about him when he was living. She didn't give a damn about him when he died. Now that's the truth, okay? Because of this murder, Rahm Emanuel, he's out. Because of this murder, many resigned in the police department. They were all part of the cover up. They lost their political power. The man who actually did the murder, let's put his picture up. Officer Jason Van Dyke, 43 years of age, he's going home. He's going home because he was able to serve 
less than half of an 81 month sentence. 81 months already, not enough, but he was able to get released or he is being released for good behavior. Kahala Clay, the chief legal counsel for the Illinois Prisoner Review Board confirmed that Jason Van Dyke, who was convicted in October 2018 and the killing of the 17 year old will be released from prison next month on the 3rd. She says she did not know where Van Dyke was going to be held. Van Dyke was convicted of second degree murder and 16 counts of aggravated battery. One for each bullet he fired at the teenager and sentenced to January and sentenced in January 2019 to 81 months in prison. Van Dyke appealed his conviction but abandoned those appeals in 2020. Why? Because he was going home. He was eligible to have his sentence cut in half with credit for good behavior. Um, when I tell you this story really gets to me, it does. Now some of the fallout from this, uh, the police superintendent was fired. Uh, the county's top prosecutor was voted out of office. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel, who was widely criticized for his handling, handling of the case, decided not to run for reelection. Van Dyke, the cop, waited until he was in prison. Get this, waited until he was in prison ahead of formal termination proceedings before the Chicago board before resigning from the police force. The man was literally in prison and still collecting a paycheck from Chicago PD. This is why people don't like the police. Nowhere in America can you have that kind of protection. You killed a teenager, everybody knows you killed the teenager. It's on video, you go to prison for it, people are fired over the cover up and you still get to go home in just a few months. 17 year old kid failed by so many people. Uh, Senator, what are your thoughts here? Thanks for sharing your story, Doc, and just wrapping it around Laquan McDonald. It is a damn shame. Parents are imperfect. You know, as human beings, we're imperfect. And I'm True. glad you just told the truth. Failed this young man, this boy. I will say that although heads did roll, there were some political consequences that uh, former mayor, Rahm Emanuel has reaped the bounty still yeah. because he has powerful people in his orbit. So now this dude is, is the ambassador to Japan, that's his reward. He got big commentator, you know, he's commentator on, on uh, main, mainstream media and everything. So what consequence, he really suffered no consequence. And not only that, he got people from the McDonald family to say, oh, it's okay, because you know, progressives were blocking. You know, there was another ambassadorship they was trying to give him or something else they the Biden administration was trying to get give to him. And that was blocked by, you know, black organizers and, That's right. and also within the progressive movement itself, which it does include black people, by the way. And then they found a back end way to prop this man up. Now he's ambassador to Japan. So if you want to know how they really feel about black people and black lives, look no further to letting Rahm Emanuel off the hook for the cover up of Laquan McDonald's death. And that, that's the kind of stuff that makes me angry, Doc. That black so folks, we, we, we need to hold people accountable. Him, the Biden administration for even having the pure unadulterated gall to even try to appoint this dude to anything. You know, it was that move from Biden. Now Biden, obviously there are some issues I have naturally with his politics. 
not being progressive enough, right? But when he made that move, even though we fought very hard to say and to make it clear, Rahm Emanuel, you, you just have to bypass this guy. He's not yeah. nothing, we don't want him anywhere, right? And he still did it. Now, it wasn't what Rahm wanted, he wanted more. But yeah. still, you cannot play at the playground with this cat. After his violation with the black community, you can't do it. And when Biden did it, I realized here, here it is. We're dealing with the same corporate political structure and we will have to continue to fight it even though there's a Democrat in the White House. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still got a lot of show left. Let me read as many comments as I can. Lynn says, what's worse than Canadian Karen, the dude that's with her? I know, he's he's backing it up saying, relax, relax. Colorado Blue Blazer regular, the racist Karen's husband telling the people she's harassing to relax. Just leave the restaurant and slash your tires. <laughs> Well, look, lucky for her, these were very good people she was engaged with in this ridiculous Karenicity you saw. Colorado Blue Blaze Regular also says, the doc ain't speaking nothing but the truth. Everybody failed Mr. McDonald, they did. YouTube Super Chat, Donald James, double X, this is the comedy segment, yeah, talking about the Karen. Osiris XTV, Maple Serve Karen. Level five, fresh out of basic training. <laughs> Maxaro, I'm sorry, she most definitely doesn't represent Canada. She is, she is an embarrassment to watch. Yeah, I know, I know you don't like to hear this Canada. I know it, I feel your pain. But y'all got some Karens in Canada, okay? I told you this thing was a pandemic. All right, uh, sinful soul solution. Uh, my kitty went all carry me out when she didn't get her food. I was the manager. <laughs> um, uh, sweet 097, unfortunately, this is a sick world. Some people are considered important and some people just aren't. Yeah. Octo Squiddies. Canada does enough to embarrass itself, America light in imperialism. Oh. And you're right, I think this is Chris Chris Huggy. They kicked him just to make sure he was dead, they did. Yep, all right. Okay, the New York Attorney General, she says it's on and popping, all right. So the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, accused Donald J. Trump's family, all right? Business late Tuesday of repeatedly misrepresenting the value of its assets to bolster its bottom line, saying in court papers that the company had engaged in fraudulent or misleading practices. The filing came in response to Mr. Trump's recent effort to block Ms. James from questioning him and two of his adult children under oath as part of a civil investigation on business of his business, the Trump Organization. All right, the filing outlined what Ms. James' office termed misleading statements about the value of at least six Trump properties. 
as well as the Trump brand. The properties included golf clubs in Westchester County, New York and Scotland flagship buildings such as 40 Wall Street in Manhattan and Mr. Trump's own penthouse home in Trump Tower, all right? Now, Ms. James Fowling argued that the company misled or misstated, excuse me, misstated the value of the properties to lenders, insurers, and the IRS. Many of the statements the filing argued were generally inflated as part of a pattern to suggest that Mr. Trump's net worth was higher than it otherwise would have appeared. All right, that's fraudulent activity. Because Ms. James' investigation is civil, she can sue Mr. Trump and his company but cannot file criminal charges. Her inquiry is running parallel to a criminal investigation led by the Manhattan DA's office, Alvin Bragg, who is examining some of the same conduct and records. Her office is participating in that separate investigation, which is continuing. If you remember, in early December, the Attorney General of New York issued a subpoena to Mr. Trump, as well as to Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump, seeking to question them as part of her civil inquiry. Ms. James already questioned another of Mr. Trump's son, Eric Trump, in October 2020. He invoked his Fifth Amendment right against incriminating himself in response to more than 500 questions, right? So he just said, hey, you know, I plead the fifth. That's according to a new court document. Eric Trump tweeted this in response. So he's going into panic mode. He said, Letitia, you cannot escape your own words. This is all window dressing for your abuse of office and ethical misconduct, which we are prosecuting you for. And I think he means nothing, he says nothing, and nothing more than a PR move to revive a political career after your gubernatorial disaster. I mean, did Donald Trump write that for him? Cuz that sounds eerily like Donald Trump. And I can see Trump saying, "Hey son, I'm going to text you exactly what to put on there. Just copy and paste it." <laughs> uh Senator, you know, we're talking about civil civil civil, but there is a criminal investigation, but damn We've been talking about this since before Trump became president. I know, Doc. Listen, well, it's clear AG James not playing games, that's for sure. And the walls are closing in, you know, on the Trump family, and they recognize that, hence uh, Trump Jr.'s tweet. So we'll see. I mean, certainly Trump has proven himself to have more than nine lives, Doc. That is the truth. I mean, this man has gotten out of more messes than uh, certainly the law allows. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. There's a new law being proposed in Tennessee. This is the Kyle Rittenhouse law. Literally, this law would make the taxpayer pay for the private defense counsel of people like Kyle Rittenhouse. Let's put up a picture of the state representative who's pushing this bill. Bruce Griffey, okay? Bruce would like taxpayers to pay for private attorneys of killers that go to trial. A Tennessee state lawmaker presented what he calls a self-defense bill Wednesday that he says is, and I quote, in honor 
of Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, what did Kyle Rittenhouse do? He killed people. Don't think it's not, don't think it's not connected to the fact that he killed people who are supporting black people, okay? Because people kill people in America every day. People kill people in self defense, clear self defense in the United States of America every day. Has this representative or other Republicans presented legislation to pay for their legal fees? No, no, they did this for Kyle Rittenhouse because Kyle Rittenhouse killed white people who were there to support black people. Don't lose that, all right? Okay, so this particular lawmaker is calling Kyle Rittenhouse a hero. Rittenhouse, who was 17 at the time, killed two men during a protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, 2020, but was found not guilty of homicide after claiming his actions were in self-defense. I wholly disagree with the ruling of the court. I think Kyle Rittenhouse is a murderer. State Representative Bruce Griffey, a Republican, is writing something called Kyle's Law. They're literally naming the law after Kyle Rittenhouse. HB 1769 would require the state, that means tax dollars, to reimburse defendants found not guilty of homicide charges due to self-defense. The payment would be decided in court and could be denied if the defendant was acting criminally. Let me remind everybody, already you have right to counsel in the United States of America is your due process right codified in the US Constitution. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed to you. In other words, we already have a system in place for a paid attorney if you cannot afford one. This is quite different, okay? Now, don't you find it ironic that even when their side gets a win, they still change the law to give themselves an even bigger advantage after they got a win. Griffey has also proposed a proclamation stating that Rittenhouse deserves to be recognized as a hero. He emphasized that Rittenhouse is a strong supporter of President Donald Trump and the law enforcement community who selflessly Defended his community, his community, he don't even live in Kenosha. But this is what the narrative says in the resolution, who selflessly defended his community, protected businesses and acted lawfully in the face of lawlessness. You see what they're doing, right? Remember I told you before, Republicans are masters at picking personalities because they have no policy. So they tell you who should be a hero and who should be a villain. And they pick these individuals, they tell you Dr. Fauci is evil because they have to fixate on a personality. They tell you Kyle Rittenhouse is a a hero because they fixate on personality. They have no solutions, they have no policies. They cannot solve the problems facing everyday Americans today. So they get you connected to a personality because they have nothing else. Senator, they're trying to change laws up and down. You are a person who has worked in the state legislature, have you ever seen something like this being presented before? Yeah, Doc, unfortunately. Yep. I mean, America, we have a problem. 
And that is it, we do. And who you elect to office does matter. And even if you believe that Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense, even if you do believe that, why in the name of the Lord yeah. would you start drafting legislation in this man's honor? As you laid out, Dr. Fair, people, you know, there, there's self-defense happening all over the country, all over the world at all times. Why is it this particular thing? Does it have anything to do with the Black Lives Matter movement and really letting us all know that Black Lives only matter so much? And if you are somebody that is on the opposite side of pushing for that Black Lives Matter too, that there will be elected officials that fortify and reinforce this type of bigotry mm -hmm. and racism, because that's what it's about. So we can debate whether or not Rittenhouse was defending himself. So that's not even what I'm talking about right now. But he deserves a law? No, he does not. Yeah. So please, y'all, I'm telling you, Doc, these state legislatures from voting rights to this nonsense. We have a problem and we just can't continue to focus on who's elected to the Congress. We need to give a damn about who is being elected to these state houses all across the country. Because that has been the plan of the other side. They are making sure people are in position to count votes. Uh, that people are in position to appoint others that will have charge over electoral processes. They have a plan and their plan does not include Washington DC only. So we have That's to get uh, we have to get hip to their plan. Sister, always good to have you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Good being with you doc at Nina Turner on Twitter, Nina Turner Ohio on the gram, Nina Turner on Facebook. And per usual, you are indisputable. Thank you, my sister. The feeling is mutual as always. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.